those things which do not exist. There are things that God is calling that do not exist, but he calls them as though they did. Turn to your Bibles in, chap in Romans chapter 4, 17. Romans chapter 4, 17. Because it says in Romans chapter 4, 17, God who gives life to the dead calls those things which do not exist as though they did. And I decree over you, it's about to give life right now. What is dead in your life? Because the word of God is about to give life to it. Say the word of God is about ready to give life to whatever is dead in my life because God's going to cause it to arise. It's time to arise. And we sang that this morning. It was time to arise. We sang. We were declaring and there was some proclamations that we were making this morning just from the move of the Spirit that it's time to arise? Well, it is about to give life. The Word of God is about to give life to what's dead in your body. So what does not exist in my life does. What does not exist in my life that's supposed to exist does in the name of Jesus. Not if I can see it, not if I could believe for it enough, but in the name of Jesus, according to the word, I decree over my life and over your life that what does not exist, but is supposed to, does, in Jesus' name. I don't have to see it, it does, it exists. It says that God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist. There are things in your life that you don't tangibly see right now, but the word says that God gives life to those things and he calls them forth as though they were as clear and as plain as the nose on your face. He's calling them back to life. He wants whatever was dead or dormant that was supposed to be active in your life to be now coming to life in Jesus' name. So, you know, you had to experience the setbacks. Some of us had to experience the loss. Some of us had to experience the fatherlessness, the arguments, the, decep the deception, the disappointments. Some of us had to experience some of those really difficult times in our lives because it was at that point where we thought we were going to break that the Lord stepped in and showed us his faithfulness and showed us his faithfulness, showed us his love, showed us how when you grab hold of the word of truth, when you grab hold of the word of life, when you grab hold of the word of promise, how he's going to turn things around and how he's going to reach, he's reaching out for you right now and says, I will move heaven and earth to come and rescue you because there is nothing too difficult for me. There is nothing too difficult for me, saith the Lord. So God is about ready to restore the years that the locust has stolen. He's about ready to restore. Those locusts have destroyed many things. But I'll tell you, God is about ready to restore what the locust has stolen. Amen. Amen. You can turn to Romans chapter 4. Well, we are at Romans 4. Go to 19. Because Abraham, verse 19, Abraham, not being weak in faith, did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. He didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't consider these things. You know, the problem is we consider the wrong things. Sometimes we are considering the wrong things. We're focused on and considering the things we should actually be overlooking and bypassing. I'm going to read it again. It says in verse 19, and we're talking about Abraham and Sarah. 
So Abraham, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. He didn't consider the fact, how am I supposed to move into that family ministry when everything is a chaos? He didn't consider, how is that promise going to happen when, when you have a son or a daughter that is, is out doing things that they should not be doing and the enemy is so intertwined? How Don't consider the things that you're not supposed to consider. You stand on the word of faith. God is moved by faith. He's pleased by faith. Amen. So, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. No, he did not waver at the promise of God. We will not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. That means I'm not going to doubt. Say, doubt, you're out the door. Doubt, you're a thing of yesterday. Because I'm standing in faith today that what God said is now. Not one day will be, but is now. Just like we read already. God which gives life to the dead as though it already exists because it does in the spirit realm. It does in the spirit realm. So we have to have eyes to see what's actually happening what's going on. Right? Amen. Right? Amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Abraham was strengthened in faith. Look at verse 20. He did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith. He took the word of faith and he allowed the word of God to strengthen his inner man. He allowed the word of God to strengthen him. And he allowed the word to say, well, if God be for me, who can be against me? Okay, I may not see it, but I don't go by what I see. I go by what I know. The word says it, and I'm going to adhere to it. I'm grabbing hold of it, and it says that I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to walk by faith, and I'm going to receive that healed marriage. You're receiving that healed marriage in the name of Jesus. You're receiving it right now. You're receiving the restoration of your mind right now. You're receiving right now wholeness in your mind wholeness in your mind right now. See, this is something the enemy doesn't want you to know, how we grab hold of. I have a healthy, strong body, and there's no sickness, no disease, no curse, no virus that's going to be allowed to come around me because I plead the blood of Jesus. And I see arms reaching up because faith is rising right now. Because the word of God produces faith in us because it is faith. Amen? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. So, let's go to 2 Kings. I want you to go to 2 Kings 13. Because even what is dead, or seems dead, in your life can produce life. Even what is dead or seems dead in your life can and will produce life. I'm going to say it again because I can. Even what is dead or seems to be dead in your life can and will produce life if it was never supposed to have died. There are some things never they were never supposed to have died. Amen. That's right. Look at 2 Kings 13. We're going to read two scriptures, 20 and 21. Then Elisha died, and they buried him. And the raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of that year. And so it was, as they were burying a man, suddenly they spied a band of raiders, and they put this dead man in Elisha's tomb next to Elisha, which had already passed before, because it says in the spring. And so they put this dead man in the tomb of Elisha, and when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, when this dead man touched this other dead man, when this dead thing touched this other dead thing, that doesn't, it's not over. It's not over. It wasn't over. His bones were anointed. Your bones are anointed. Your life is anointed. I don't care if it looks like it's over. You're anointed. Life is coming out of what seemed dead. There is life that's being 
produced out of what seemed dead. And so when the bones touched Elisha, when this man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and he stood to his feet. This man revived a dead man, raising another dead man to life. Come on, that's impossible in the natural. But we don't go by the natural. We go by the supernatural. We go by faith. God has birthed some things in your life. The enemy has tried to kill them. The enemy's tried to destroy them and put them to death. But I'll tell you, if it was God birthed, then it's going to be God breathed. If it was God's birthed, and then God is going to say, I'm going to bring that thing to pass. I don't care if it looks like it's dead. I don't care if it looks like it's too late. I don't care if it looks like it's bypassed you. You're anointed to carry out your assignment. You are anointed to carry out your assignment. I'm anointed to carry out my assignment. You're anointed to carry out your assignment. The enemy wants you to think it's too late. He wants you to think you're not like that. Be quiet. Sit down. Shut up. Stop. He wants to silence you. He wants to mute you. He wants to ridicule you. He wants to take away your marriage. He wants to take away your children. He wants to silence your voice. He wants to take away your very purpose and your very being for a living. But God, come on. I'm going to do the Holy Ghost change just because I can. Because but God is in my life. I serve a but God. Excuse me, devil. But God. Amen. Elisha's dead bones brought a dead man to life. Even in death, God continued to use this man. God continued to use Elisha to touch other people. God is using your life. And he's going to continue to use your life to touch other people, even in the midst of a dry valley, even in the midst of dead bones, even in the midst of heartache and pain, even in the midst of sorrow, and even in the midst when things look like they're terrible, even in the midst of difficulty and trial. God will use your life to touch someone else's life. If you only believe, only believe, and never underestimate the power of God working through your bones, through your bones. Through your life, through my life, never underestimate the power of your bones. You know that the gift of God in your life is trying to be stolen, trying to be uh, taken. But I'll tell you right now, because there's, it's because the enemy knows the power that you carry. But I'll tell you right now, when you get a glimpse of what God has deposited on the inside of you, and you start to walk in the authority of that, and you start to walk in the revelation of that, and I believe that you have, and you are, and we're moving forward as the body of Christ, as the army of God. We're moving forward in this reality, the realization that if God be for me, who can be against me? And if God spoke something to me, I'm hanging on, I'm hanging on, and I'm not going to let anything kill it, steal it, or rob me of it, because there's life that I'm supposed to produce out of it. There is life. So even when it feels like it's death and, and gone or dead or just not happening, I can still in faith say, Father God, I've got nothing. I have nothing. I feel like there's nothing left. But Lord, will you produce life where it seems to be death? Would you produce life in someone else? Even though I feel like there's nothing left in me, will you produce life in someone else? Because clearly, you always finish what you begin. God always finishes what he begins. He knows the end from the beginning. And he always finishes what he begins. Amen? Right? And we serve a faithful God. He's faithful. He's good. And when he makes you a promise, you know, you've got to hang on. And I love this story. The man was dead, for heaven's sakes. And he didn't just die. You can say, well, maybe he was just kind of sort of dead, and maybe he still kind of had, like, some, some warmth to his skin. No. 
No, because if you read, it says in the spring of that year. So I don't know how long I read, maybe a year. Who knows? But I'll tell you what. It was long enough for dead to be dead. That's all I'm saying. It was long enough to be obvious that no, 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 he's dead. But God, hallelujah, because he takes what's dead in our life and he produces life. Remember that story of Elisha, powerful, that man of God. Remember this story the next time the enemy tries to taunt you. Turn to Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4, verse 12. Because Hebrews 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. We know this. And it says, Piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, joints and marrow, joints and marrow. We're talking about bones. Joints and marrow, the word of God, is going to divide between soul and spirit, joints and marrow. How important is it to have healthy, strong bones? How important is it to have a healthy, strong word in your life? Because that word is going to separate and divide between joints and marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of your heart. Marrow, we're going to talk about marrow for a moment. It's the life source of your bones. It contains the stem cells, and the stem cells develop into the red blood cells that carry the oxygenated blood throughout our body, and the white blood cells that help to fight infectious disease, and just infections in general, and, and help with clotting of blood. In the marrow, in the, in the marrow of the bone is the life source. And the word says that he's separating between joints and marrow. He's getting to the very heart of the matter. And he will separate what needs to be separated. He will bring in what needs to be brought in. But we just have to know that our God is for us and that he is with us and that he's going to bring the healing that you need and that he's going to go right down to the very core, right down to the very core of who we are and what we are in Christ. So the word of God will divide. Amen. Divide, separate, bring asunder. Nothing is hidden from the hand of the Lord, from the eyes of the Lord. Not even our own motives, because it says right there, he even discerns the intents of the heart. Not even our motives. The word is active. Say the word is active, and it's alive. And the word is working in me, and the word is healing my bones. The word is healing my bones, which means the word is healing the very core of who I am. The very core of who I am. Remember as I began this message, I said just as healthy bones are vital for a healthy body, the engrafted word of God is vital for a healthy life. We have to allow the word to be engrafted within us and then walk in that so that we have a healthy life. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Elisha's bones could still produce life even after he had died. Crazy story. What life is awaiting to be unleashed through you? What life, what thing, what living thing, what dream, what is, what is supposed to be unleashed through you or for you or for someone else because of you? What life, what is supposed to be produced? We're not going to buy any lie of the enemy. Well, I have fill in the blank, so therefore I can't. You know, I started this, this message this this morning, and I gave you that quote. You know, that, that quote just came to my spirit this morning. When, um, and I wrote it out, like I said, on Facebook. But it fits perfectly here. Stop being a victim. Sometimes we don't even know we're a victim. It's very subtle. 
Stop being a victim of someone else's godless decisions because you've got the engrafted word of God in you. You've got the potential to carry out and fulfill the promises of God. And I don't care if it seems dead. Elisha was literally dead for heaven's sakes. You're not. You're here. It may seem dead. It may feel dead. There may be things you have been robbed of. But at the same time, you're here. You're still alive. There's still chance. Potential. There's potential. There's favor. There's favor. There's potential. There is light. You're going to speak to what's dead and you're going to say, no, it's not in the name of Jesus. You're not going to partner with a lie and then produce a curse. You're going to partner with the, tr the truth and produce the blessing. Amen. Amen. We're going to partner with the truth and we're going to produce the blessing. You're blessed beyond measure. You're not just blessed. You're blessed beyond measure. As we walk in accordance with the will of God, he wants to release the goodness. Everything that he is, is everything that is within you. His goodness, his amazing love. Hallelujah. So we get to prophesy like in Ezekiel 37. We get to prophesy to the dry bones. Come alive. Dry bones, come alive. You may feel surrounded by deadness. Come alive, dry bones. Dead bones, come alive. Let the tendons be joined together. Let, the, let, let every vein, let every nerve be attached again. Let life start to flow through them again. Let your children return home again, this time for good. Let them return and not stray again in the name of Jesus. Let the dreams that God placed in you arise. Let the books be written. It's time for you to start that business. It's time for you to arise in the calling of God today. It's time for you to recognize that today, not someday, you are a blessing of God and you've got what someone else needs. And you get to be that voice in their life. You get to, you get to mentor that person that felt so hopeless, maybe like this victim mentality. But you have something called life. You have something yeah. called experience. You have something that you've walked through. And so therefore, you've got something to give. Amen. Amen. I'm an amen myself. Amen, amen myself. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Come on, the graves are opening up. The graves are opening up. You know why I can say that confidently? Because in Ezekiel 37, talks all about the graves opening up. We just read it, that we get to partner with the word of God and speak life and speak truth and not come into an agreement with a lie. So we can say the graves are opening up right now. We say the graves are opening up and we're going to arise from the graves. You know, we have to arise from any places of any graves in our lives, you know, before we can expect someone else to do something. Because I can't give what I don't own. And I can't give what I haven't walked through, right? So whatever I've walked through, whatever I've come through, whatever God has healed me of, I can now help by depositing truth, by helping someone come forth, right? And so we have to do this for ourselves if we're going to expect to do it for somebody else. So prophesy over yourself. Even As a matter of fact, I'm going to have you turn to your neighbor and prophesy over them. You just turn right to somebody wherever they are. I prophesy life over you. I prophesy the life of God over you in the name of Jesus right now that there's a creative flow over you right now. Shut down no more. Shut down no more. Shut down no more. Shut down no more. Shut down no more in the name Jesus rising up, rising up, rising up. Now you have the you have the opportunity to receive the prophecy that's being spoken over you, the word of truth, the life, or you have the op option to not receive it. I don't advise plan B. I don't advise it. I advise you to listen and receive the life of God. Sensitivity over your life, Andrew. Such a beautiful, sweet sensitivity. Father, in any way 
that the enemy tries to plague him with condemnation and with a heaviness, which is a lie. Tries to get you to feel like you still haven't measured up, that you're not going to measure up, that you do too many wrong things, and that you're not holy enough. It's a lie from the pit. It's a lie from the pit. Father, I thank you for such a beautiful, pure heart. And I thank you, Lord God, for what you're going to do in this young man. I decree, Lord God, that this quietness is not weakness. I decree over you the quiet, gentle spirit that I see over you. It is not weak at all. It's strength under God's control. It is strength under God's control. And I speak that over you. of the Lord, the favor of the Lord, the son of righteousness rising with healing in his wings right now over you, Karina, the blessing of God coming down upon your life, total healing, total healing in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for the power and the strength of this word. That as we adhere to the promise of God and really claim and own this, as Elisha's dead body still have the anointing of God to touch another dead man, another dead man's body, and then life was produced. The guy stands up and stands up to his feet because it was the will of God. That man was shouldn't have died. There are things in your life that shouldn't have ever have died, and they're coming back to life. And we're going to remember this story, and we're going to say, I don't care if it seems dead. If God can use a dead man to produce life, then He can use me because I'm still alive. In Jesus' name.